Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Rodrigo, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller. And we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, another bright, beautiful, sunny day. A little cooler, but uh, none, none worse to wear, I guess, as they say. But uh, doing fantastic. How about yourself? Doing great. The weather's still good now in you're Buffalo, back. believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> no, no snow flying yet, right? <laughs> no, it's a little scary that it's too warm out. I know. Enjoy it while it lasts, because believe me, it'll turn quick. Um, anyway, so we want to thank you for joining us this Tuesday morning uh, on the Women of Golf Show, uh, as we are here each and every Tuesday, unless otherwise stated uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network, and you can find us there between 9 and 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, just go to blogtalkradio.com and up in the search key, just type Women of Golf or just add a forward slash Women of Golf onto the link, and that will take you there as well. And uh, you'll find us there live every Tuesdays, as I said, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, but for some reason, if you can't join us, you can scroll down the page uh, anytime, and uh, in the on-demand section, you'll see all of the previously aired shows in their entirety uh, there in the recorded version, so you can check that on the on-demand section. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you go there to the podcast section and just type in, again, Women of Golf, uh, you can find us there when it's convenient. So if you prefer to listen on one of those media platforms, you're welcome to do so. We'd love to have you tune in no matter which way you want to do it. So, But thank you for joining us this morning live. Uh, always love to hear from you or speak to you uh, during the live broadcast on Tuesday mornings, and you're welcome to call us at area code 347 945 5855 or if you want to email Cindy or I uh, any comments or, or, or have questions about the show you can do so or, or maybe if you're somebody in the golf industry and you'd like to maybe come on and share uh, your thoughts or, or viewpoints about the game or how uh, you're doing your efforts to grow the game we would love to hear from you as well and our emails are as follows Cindy is Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com and mine is Ted.GolfTalkLive at gmail.com just a quick announcement. Uh, we're getting close here, believe it or not, to wrapping up our 2017 season. Our last show of the season is going to be December 12th, and the uh, show will take a, a long extended break, and we'll be back on air uh, February 6th, which will be the first Tuesday of February. We're going to take off the month of January, and of course, uh, observance of the uh, Christmas holidays will be uh, off on uh, the 15th, or uh, sorry, on um, December as well from the 12th right through to the end of the month. So that'll be a perfect time if you missed any episodes to go back uh, to the site and listen, as I said, on the on-demand section, and uh, you can pick up any of the, the shows that you might have missed. Um, we're going to start off uh, 
today's show. We've got a great guest coming on the second half, Tom Horde. He's the GM of Orange County National Golf Club in Orlando, Florida. Uh, but we're going to start off with a, a three-part series. This is Cindy's uh, Own Your Game series, which we've done a few times on the show. Uh, but this is going to be the light version. Uh, we're going to break it up in three parts. Uh, this week, uh, part one, we're going to talk about uh, looking back and, and sort of taking stock, uh, looking back uh, during the off-season. Of course, we're coming up for many of you up in the Northeast right now, particularly uh, this is going to be your off-season. Uh, even though it's a little warm still in, in Buffalo, Cindy, you might still be able to get a few rounds in, but uh, nonetheless, we are getting to the off-season. So this is a time to look back and take stock of, of your round and, and sort of do an assessment. So, Cindy, um, what are some things that you suggest uh, for some of your uh, students that you're working with that they do during this off-season? Well, I think it depends on their goals. I would ask them, you know, what did you do well this year? What did you not do so well? I had um, a potential student call from Cleveland yesterday, and it, it's funny because he said, well, I'm 80 years old and I want to hit it further. And I said, well, how far do you hit it? He says, oh, maybe 150, 160 yards. And I said, well, you know, how are you physically able? And what I said to him was, what do you shoot right now? And he said, between 90 and 100. I said, what tees do you play from? So I think you, you really have to inspect everything that you're doing, and you have to ask mm-hmm. yourself the question of, you know, what am I doing? And what do I want to do better? How can I improve? And what's feasible? So I said to him, I'm not going to be able to help you hit a 220. You know, you're 80. You know, you should be grateful you can play. And if you can hit right. it 150 yards, you should be able to reach every green and one over regulation if you're playing 5,500 to 6,000 yard tees. So mm-hmm. that means, you know, par four would be 450, which from 5,500 yards, it's not 450. So, again, I said, I can help you shoot 90, but that's probably as good as we can get. And Because he said, well, why would I drive two and a half hours to come see you? I said, well, it would depend <laughs> on what you're looking for. You know, will I help you hit it better? Absolutely, I guarantee it. And, you know, so I yeah. said, well, have you tried a lot of people in Cleveland? Yes. I said, well, you called me for a reason. So I guess yep. it depends on what they're looking for and what they're willing to do. And if the want is big enough that they're willing to put in the work, then they can achieve results. But they have to be realistic, as we've mentioned on this program a million times. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. And, you know, I, I think really what I like to see people do in the off season, obviously this is the time for reflection to look back at the season. And as you pointed out, some of the things that, you know, some of the questions we'll we'll go through a few of them here uh, in a little bit more specific uh, detail, but um, you know, you have to do an honest assessment um, of, of your game. You have to look, and this is why, you know, Cindy, it's important, I think, for players of all levels, uh, not just the professionals. The professionals obviously do it and keep track of uh, the different stats and that. But it's important to know, you know, how many shots it's taking you to, to get uh, on the green. Uh, are you doing it in regulation? Are you one over regulation? Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, same with how many putts are you taking. And then you need to look at it and you need to sort of do an evaluation of uh, those numbers and look at it and say, you know, where do I need to improve? Um, and 
you know, also what uh, the first one I'm going to talk about or we'll talk about is what did you do well? So look at the areas first and foremost. What did you do well? Um, you know, you were driving the ball well all season or maybe you were putting well all season. You know, these types of things are, you really need to know because you're not going to improve um, if you don't know what areas uh, need improvement or what needs to be focused on. Just because you hit a bad tee shot one time doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad driver. It just happens to all of us. So, you know, Cindy, that's something too is, you know, when you're working with your students, I'm sure the same as me, is I try to assess and take a look at what they did well throughout the season. Uh, how about you? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not always about bad things. It's about good things. So, again, this gentleman yesterday, as I use as an example, said I hit the ball pretty straight. And I said, okay, if you don't make a lot of doubles and you hit it pretty straight, then we might have an issue getting that third shot on a par four close enough to the pin to two putt. Mm-hmm. because if you can be on every green and one over regulation, you just shot 90 if you two-putt every hole. And once in a while, right. you might mess up and make a par. So, so again, I think it's, um, you know, sometimes people get real emotional about, oh, I got to get better. I got to do this. I got to do this. And, and it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, relax. Take a chill pill and let's decipher what really happened and diagnose so you can detect what, what you're really doing and where areas that you can improve easily upon. And so that's what I think the off season is. Uh, personally, you know, I hit it a lot better this year. I need to trust mm-hmm. what I'm doing a little better, you know, so maybe it's right. just, I have to learn to totally commit to the shot and trust what I'm doing. Could that change my game? Yeah, probably by three or four shots around. And now what do yep. I mean by that? Well, you know, I, I'm, I get to be a little bipolar or I am a little bipolar. I'm either really good or I'm really bad. And so I personally, I have to learn to trust what I'm doing. So maybe I need to take a little longer in calculating the yardage, figuring out the playable yardage, acknowledging stupid and playing away from stupid, meaning, you know, mm-hmm. don't say, oh, don't hit it in the bunker. Say I'm going to the right because the bunker's on the left. And then right. pulling enough club, you know, pulling the right club out of the bag so that even if I miss the shot, I'm not going in the trap. And, right, and it exactly. could be just taking three more seconds in planning the shot to help you be more effective. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah, you, you have to, you know, <clears throat> part of, you know, looking back and reflecting is, is looking back at um, how you managed yourself on the golf course as well. It's not just about how well you hit the ball, but it's, all, it's really about how well you managed yourself throughout the season. And this is a perfect opportunity. You know, Cindy, one of the things that I, that I guess is a pet peeve of, of, of my uh, being, if you will, is when people, you know, go out and play golf all season long, you know, good or bad, and then the off season comes and they just plunk themselves on the sofa and they, they do nothing. They don't take that opportunity. This is the best opportunity for you to take um, and do these assessments and look at that. And you don't have to, you know, we're not saying you have to spend hours and hours a day, but, you know, find some time, whether it be uh, each day, if, you, if you're able to do that, or maybe a couple times a week, 
Um, you know, if you have access to an indoor facility, you know, keep your game tuned up. Uh, go, you know, um, see your, your professional. And if they, um, like you, Cindy, where you have an opportunity that you can work indoors, um, continue to, to keep things tuned up throughout the season. Don't just sit there and spend the next four or five months doing absolutely nothing and then coming up next year and thinking you're going to pick up where you left off, especially if you've had a great season this year and then suddenly you, you know, you've kind of coasted and done nothing for three or four months or whatever the case is, and then you come out next year and you're all over the place and can't figure out why. So uh, this is the time not only for reflection, but it's also the time for, for um, gathering information and, as I said, um, assessing what you did well. But also... Just as important, Cindy, is you need to look at what needs work. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. That's an area as well that we need to really help the students understand is that they need to take a look and be specific about what they need to work on, not just sort of a, all over the page. So talk a little bit about that, and then I'll add some thoughts at the end. Well, again, it depends on how much you're really willing to put in the time and effort and to be transparent with yourself. I think an awful lot of amateurs don't really pay attention to the task at hand while they're out there playing. So just asking someone to reflect, well, I always hit it right. Well, do you have a pre-shot routine? Are you paying attention on each shot you hit? It might just be, wow, I never realized that I don't really pay attention to what I'm doing. So then that would be what you need to work on, needless to say. Um, again, I think that it depends on the person. And maybe it's I need to chip better. Well, then let's find a way to work on your chipping. And let's work on high chips, low chips, chip and run, pitch shots, flop shots, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then we can help you score better. Yeah. How do you yeah, do that? Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, and I – I, I do the same thing, you know, just going back to you, to the gentleman that you spoke to, it, it just kind of brought me uh, this thought. And that is, you know, if he's shooting 90 distance is probably not his issue. Um, he's obviously getting there enough. I mean, I know people that can belt at 300 plus yards that aren't breaking 90 um, because there's an area of their game. So, you know, this is somebody that obviously, you know, it, it's interesting. Let me just back up for a second. It's interesting, Cindy, that the number one thing people seem to go to when they're not playing well is, well, I need to hit it farther. Um, well, if I could just hit it a little bit further, I'd play better. They don't think about any other part of their game. It's just, I want to hit it farther. And I think there's sort of a built-in a little mantra that people just sort of say, well, if I can get more distance, if I can hit it farther, if I can, you know, if I can just belt it down the middle of the fairway, you know, X, Y, Z yards that I'm going to play better. And don't you find that, I mean, maybe you see things differently, but don't you find that that happens a lot? That seem, everybody seems to think that if they hit it farther, um, that they're going to play better. As you pointed out, 80 years old, hitting 150 plus yards, that's pretty darn good for that. I hope I can hit it 150 yards when I'm 80 years old. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? I hope I'm 80 years old someday. <laughs> you know, again, yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I guess, it, it all boils down to the fact that they don't reflect correctly on what they're right. doing. And, yes, everyone I teach, oh, I need to hit it further. Um, not really. Mm -hmm. You don't. Right. So, again, they have no idea. They don't know what they don't know. <clears throat> and and it's very unfortunate because I don't know that they, you know, i got to hit it further. Well, I, you know, 
I can scrape it around. I, in fact, I've got a young girl again who was just in Saturday. Oh, that one didn't go as far. No, but it went straight. I said, guess what, sweetie? You probably outdrive me by 30 yards, and I can beat you blindfolded. Ouch, right. that hurt. Right. Well, again, it's the yep. truth. So <laughs> you think, I said, you swing at it so violently that it's yep. a mystery where it's going to go. And and so it's almost like you then you have to talk to them real Take a slower swing. Don't try to hit it so far. Let's just hit it straight at the target that you're aiming at. That's all this is about. Mm-hmm. Hit the ball from point A to point B and get it in the hole. Oh, yeah. okay. And, again, I think it's part of the committee. They're, you know, the committee of they, oh, well, she hits it farther than her. And, you know, really? Yep. It doesn't matter. You de- no one has lost a tournament on the LPGA or PGA Tour because they don't hit it far enough. Right. But they have lost a tournament because they don't hit it straight enough. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. You're exactly so right. I totally, yep. I totally agree with you. I think it's so sad, and, and sometimes people need to stop and be – it's time to look in the mirror. And, yeah. and again, it goes you know, back to my little it box. You know, how bad does it have to hurt before you're willing to change? Take a peek in the mirror and see what you need to do, and then plant a seed and do something about it. Yeah, and, and that, that's the key too, as well. Um, you know, and this sort of rolls into the last uh, point here, and that is, you know, what are you willing to do? Um, you know, one of the criticisms that I have is people just don't want to put in the time. They say, well, I don't have time to drive to the range. Well, there, this day and age, there's no excuse. With all of the information that's available out there, you can do, and we're going to let you roll into a, a great little plug here in just a minute, but, um, you know, you can practice whether you're at home, whether you're on the road, maybe on a business trip. Um, you don't even have to have your golf clubs. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do to work on your game if you just use a little ingenuity and work something out. You know, if you're taking lessons or you're working with a coach or uh, a, a teaching professional, there's a lot of things that you can do um, without even having to go to the golf course if you're just willing to put into the effort. But the, the key real phrase here is what are you willing to do? And un- unfortunately, the truth of the matter is, Cindy, we, you know, we need to be honest as well as, as professionals, is that no matter how hard we try to instill, um, you know, what we believe is going to be the, the key elements of success uh, out on the golf course. If the student is not willing to put forth the effort and not willing to do the things that need to be done, they are never going to improve. And that's really what it boils down to. We can talk to them until it's blue in the face. We can show them all of the, the ins and outs of how to be a successful player. Uh, we can teach them how to play. But if they're not willing to do the things that need to be done in order to do it, you know, think about this, Cindy, uh, real quick, and then I, and I'll let you respond. You know, when you go for a job interview, you know, you talk about the strengths uh, that you have to offer company A, company B, whatever it happens to be. But in most cases, you either came in with some training, or you will receive training. What's interesting is people. Um, will not do that when it comes to golf for some reason. They'll go and take a few lessons, but they won't continue to train themselves. They figure, okay, I've took a lesson. Uh, I've spent half an hour with Cindy Miller here. Uh, I, need to, I should be able to go out and break 90. That's not going to happen. 
you're certainly going to present them with the tools and the information, but it's how they take that data in and what they do in their own efforts that is going to result in breaking 90 or whatever their goal happens to be. Um, I'm going to let you respond, and then I think uh, it would be a good time for a plug uh, for the Learn to Hit It kit. Well, I don't know that, again, so for the listeners out there, stop and say, okay, what did I do well this year? What did I not do so well? How, what's the maximum potential, you know, that I can hit the ball, that I can feasibly score? What should I be happy shooting? Um, again, sometimes you play a golf course that there's a par four that, like for me, if it's 420, I'm not getting there in two unless I kill two shots. So par mm-hmm. on that golf course might be 73 for me, not 72, yep. because I can't really reach that. So, again, realistic goals and and attitudes, I guess, is what I want to say. So then once you decide that you really want to get to the next level, then you have to investigate and you have to find a professional that is willing, you know, that can help you. And then you need to interview Mm -hmm. them and you need to say, this is what I want to do. How long do you think it'll take? What, how many sessions do I need? What kind of work do I need to do on my own? And so, again, mm-hmm. you know, we're creating an, an elite junior program for competitive players, and we have a lot of success from this summer, and a lot of seventh-grade girls have qualified to go to sectionals for states next year. Well, they're not going to get wow. to states unless they really lower their score. So now we're creating, you know, like two-hour practice sessions to develop a solid golf swing. Because if you mm-hmm. don't know what you're doing with your swing at that level, you can't hit the shot you need. So, again, I don't want to ramble, but the point is you need to stop and say, what do I need to do? What do I want to do? What am I willing to do? And then who can help me do it? And you need to interview yes. people. You need to not just go to, you know, oh, I'll try this one and I'll try this one and I'll try this one. I would email or call them just like this 80-year-old man from Cleveland called me yesterday. Why would I drive two and a half hours to Buffalo to take a golf lesson from you? I said, well, I don't know. Maybe right. you shouldn't. Let's talk. Because, again, it's not yep. like, oh, I want this guy's money. I don't want this guy's money. If I can't help him, I don't want his money. So no. No, you absolutely that, have to think about it. That's exactly right. Yeah, you, you have to, you know, as a player, you have to do your due diligence as well. And you're exactly right. You need to speak to um, whoever it is that you're, you're looking at. Yeah, and, and that's something, too, that, that, you know, has bothered me a lot uh, about, a lot of the golfers out there is they're sort of hopping around looking for the person that's going to feed them the information they want to hear. Um, and that's the wrong way to approach it. You need to have um, a goal and you need to decide what it is that you want. And then you need to find the person that's going to fit best with you in achieving that goal. And if you're just sort of hopping well, around, taking again, a lesson. Yes. You, and, and let me, right. I have to interrupt because you just said hopping around. So, again, are you hearing what you want to hear or are you listening right. for what you need to do? And, again, mm-hmm. we've got, you know, as I've mentioned before, we teach in a dome with lots of different teachers. And it's funny because you'll see somebody, oh, they were just here with me a few months ago. Clearly, they're looking for the next best thing. And they're not willing yes. to look in the mirror to say, oh, I need to change this process. So I can get better. Anyway. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. That's that's exactly right. And you know, it, it's unfortunate. You know. And I think 
again, people can be very fickle um, when it comes to deciding certain things in their life. Other things they can just sort of breeze by, doesn't matter. But when it comes to something like this, they're either looking for the next best thing or they're looking to have somebody sort of confirm what they believe, whether it's right or wrong. And, and I, for one, won't do that. If I know that they're just looking for a pat in the back to say, boy, you're doing everything just right, um, even though you can't break 100, um, I'm not going to do that. And as you said, I, I don't want to take their money either. I, th- I think it's a waste of time for both parties, uh, you know, because they're obviously not going to be happy ultimately. And I'm certainly not going to be happy because I'm not going to feel like they've benefited from, from uh, my knowledge. Um, very quickly, Cindy, let's, uh, before we uh, welcome our, our guest, um, why don't you let the good folks know how they can uh, get it, their hot little hands on the Learn to Hit a Kit? Well, for those who um, say that they can't get to the driving range, and they have no place to hit balls. I have created the Learn to Hit It kit, and included in the kit is a portable mat, uh, foam range balls that won't break windows or lights in your house <laughs> if you need to be swinging in the house, depending on where you live, if you're in Alaska or Buffalo in the winter. Uh, my Golf 101 for Executives book, a coupon for 10% off any Callaway golf club, and a 10-module online course with eight downloadable PDF worksheets that will help you learn to hit a clean, airborne, and straight on purpose. So it's $99 for everything, the mat, the balls, the book, the coupon, the online course. So if you go to learntohititkit.com, you can buy yours today, and you have absolutely no uh, more excuses. You can hit balls in your backyard, your living room, your front porch, your hotel room. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and that's what I said earlier, you know, Cindy, is there are so many opportunities uh, for people to improve their game, uh, both in the what we call the regular season and even the off season. And, you know, if you were to put a checklist together uh, very quickly of, of what you would like to see people do during this off season, what would that be? I would say become aware of whether or not you have a pre-shot routine. Find something that's comfortable for you so that you can be clear on what your process is and become comfortable, which only then will you become consistent. And I would do lots of drills. I would practice half swings trying to hit it straight on purpose to specific targets. And if you do that, you'll gain so much confidence and you'll get the courage to really compete and know what you're doing, whether it's you know yep. competing against yourself or in the U.S. Open. That's right. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, there's so many opportunities that have, you know, the off season for me, you know, when I was still living back up north um, was always an interesting time for me. I, I was very lucky. I had um, a full length mirror in my, in my basement. And uh, I was able to, besides looking at myself, I was able to, um, you know, check different areas of my swing you know I could look to make sure my posture was correct to make sure even ball position and I would do things you know I'd put some tape on the mirror just to to, to make sure that I was uh, standing in the in the correct position and you know for me it was a lot of fun because there's nothing worse you know as you get a little bit older you don't really want to be out in the cold as much uh, as you were when you were a kid and I would always take that opportunity to work on my game uh, and and I was lucky because I had uh, very high ceiling uh, in the basement so I could actually swing a club. And, and unfortunately uh, I didn't use foam balls and 
broke a window here or there over the years, which, you know, as a youngster, my parents didn't appreciate, but um, they knew it was for the greater good. But, you know, so there's a lot of things that you can do in the off season. And, and as I said earlier, there's no excuse. And, and something that kind of came to mind when you were talking about the young lady earlier as well, that, um, you know, that you were, you were helping. Uh, this goes back to something I said last week that we talked about, and that is really learning to swing within yourself. Uh, a lot of people, young and old, get out there and they feel they just got to murder the ball and they get themselves out of sequence and, and out of timing. And uh, that's a, a quick trap uh, to get yourself in. So, you know, you need to understand your body rhythm and, and how it works. And I think that once you do that and you get into your own rhythm uh, and swing the club, what's natural for you and not somebody else, um, I think that you'll find yourself um, hitting the ball much better with much more consistency as well. But when you start speeding it up or slowing it down slower than what your body uh, really requires, um, that's going to bring in some other issues, of course, but um, that's going to make things a little bit more difficult. So those are things to think about as well uh, through the off season. Um, we're going to be joined here. Uh, great discussion. Thank you, Cindy. Um, and next week we're going to talk about um, in part two is, is helping you to find the right coach, as Cindy touched on a little bit, but also uh, implementing a game plan in, in part two. And then we're going to wrap it up uh, the week after uh, this three-part series, uh, Own Your Game Light, as we've uh, called it, uh, establishing mind control and mental preparation. So we're going to talk about that and how the mind works and uh, the body will go where the mind tells it to. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, the second half of the show, of course, we're going to welcome um, our very special guest, uh, Tom Horde. He's the GM and the Senior Operations Manager at Orange County National Golf Club in Orlando, Florida. Uh, he's uh, in my wheelhouse. He's about 53 years old, uh, from originally from Indiana. He's married with three children, uh, eight, ranging from 25, 22, and right down to 13. And I believe his 13-year-old has won multiple times, 60 in fact, I think, on many of the junior tours uh, throughout the U.S., and uh, he also mentions here about uh, starting a new mini tour with high guaranteed payout. So obviously we're going to talk to him about that. And also I believe uh, Orange County hosts the Q School every other year. Uh, and he boasts that uh, 100,000 plus rounds per year at, at the OCN uh, Golf Village. So we're going to talk to him in just a moment when he comes on board. Um, but Cindy, I know that you're familiar with Tom. And I know you go down to Orange County National. Tell us a little bit about, we'll get Tom's perspective, but Tell us a little bit about uh, OCN uh, and your experience down there. Well, Orange County is where we hold our boot camps each year. And I met mm -hmm. Tom, needless to say, when we were doing the boot camps. And he is just such a wonderful general manager. He was an assistant manager first and then got promoted. And he just does such a great job. And Orange County has renovated all their rooms. So all of our students can stay right there in the lodge. And they have great food. And the golf courses are second to none, trust me. They are absolutely amazing. So um, I asked Tom to come on because needless to say, I think you're aware that Orange County probably has the biggest driving range ever in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Right. It's uh, 360 degrees. It's absolutely mm -hmm. gorgeous. And each year it hosts the demo day for the PGA merchandise show. So I That's can't right. imagine how many people go walking around Demo Day. I'm sure he's going to have numbers for us, and I'm sure something came up, right. and that's why he hasn't called in yet. But uh, anyway, Orange County is amazing. Um, they've got the Tooth, which is a nine-hole practice course, 
And, hmm. um, yeah, and, and you, we used to be able to take carts. Now you have to walk. But there are, uh, let's see, number one, number two are par threes. Number three is a par four. There are two par fours and the nine holes. So, and it's really a good golf course. So it's not just, you know, an extra piece of land with the greens being terrible. It's a great practice course. And we take our students out yep. there the first and the last days. Yeah, and you've got, uh, as you said, you, you go down there, and that's where you have a lot of your boot camps. Um, and, you know, it's a it's a great practice facility. And as you pointed out, the, the PGA Merchandising Show has their demo day uh, there every year, and I'm sure they'll be back there again this year um, in uh, in January when they have uh, this upcoming PGA Merchandising Show. Um you know, talk a little bit while we wait for Tom. As you said, he, uh, he may be running a little bit late here uh, with something, but um, you had uh, some boot camps this year. Have you got some boot camps lined up for next year? We do. We do. If you go, uh, we're going to be February. We've got two. We've got a junior boot camp, and then we've got an adult boot camp right after. Um, the schools up here in Buffalo have off for a February break, and that's when we take the kids down. And then we have one scheduled for March and another one for April. So we've got four boot camps scheduled. If you're interested in going, I mean, needless to say, it's not really a golf vacation. It's called Boot Camp for a Reason. We really help you learn to get better at golf. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say I beat you up, but we it's a very comprehensive game improvement program. So it's four days long. You could go to cindymillergolf.com and click on instruction and click on boot camps, and you can see all the dates and the times and what we're going to be doing with the itinerary and everything. Right, and the emphasis on the word boot camp, um, you know, it's you're not going there to uh, to host a tea party. You're there to to work your, <laughs> your little buns off and become a better player. So, And you're going with the, well, and the, two, of the best in the, <laughs> two of the best in the business, Cindy yeah. and Ellen Miller. And we do have a good time. I mean, needless to say, we, we work on your game every day. And in the morning, we work on your game. We have lunch, and then we play 18 holes every day. So the reason the boot camp is so – I think it's so good and different is the fact that we do play golf with you every day. So someone is with you at all times. <clears throat> we limit it to eight people. So Alan or I, my husband, are with you the whole time that we are out there on the golf course. So needless to say, you know, we help you create this pre-shot routine and plan, prepare, and produce golf shots. So people really have changed their game. Well, and, you know, the, the interesting thing about it, too, is you're, inst- you're helping them to instill um, and, and ingrain some some good um, – a good process, I, I guess you will, and, and training. Because a lot of people, you know, don't know how to prepare themselves. They don't have a pre-shot routine or they don't know how to get themselves into, uh, you know, some sort of a routine in their golf game, period. So the boot camp not only teaches them, obviously, many of the skills that they're going to need, but you're also ingraining some good, um, uh, you know, good training, if you will, in the boot camp to help them, de- you know, so when they leave – they can say, okay, this is what we did down there to, to work on the game, but this is what we did in preparation and practice uh, pre-game and post-game. So now they're learning some good skills. 
that are they're going to be able to take with them uh, even long after the boot camp. So that's a great way to uh, to put it all together for them, and I really like that. Uh, you guys obviously do a fantastic job, and that's why you continue to have these great boot camps. Is obviously word gets around that uh, you're, you're running a successful program, and that's fantastic. Well, the other thing that's included in the camp is a, a behavioral profile. So we take a disc golf report to find out what your personal style is. We take uh, You take a learning style assessment to find out whether you want to hear it, see it, or feel it. And then we do a mental golf report so we can find out, you know, what of the eight traits of mental golf that, you know, champions use to play golf better, what do they do and how do you compare to them so it's very, very, very comprehensive so for somebody who's like, I have no idea what I'm doing, I'm so frustrated and I really want to get better, it's, it's the best investment that, you know, you can make in yourself. Yeah, and it goes back to what, you know, we talked about earlier, we've said so many times uh, on the show is, you know, is really is sort of taking a look at, at oneself in the mirror and deciding what it is that you want to accomplish. You know, we can provide you with all of the tools and and all of the, the skill set necessary to, to get out there and play your best game. Um, but you have to really, you know, understand, first off and foremost, why you're there. That, that first question is, is why, you know, am I out there to just have fun? Am I out there because I'm interested in playing competitive golf? Uh, or, you know, I want to beat my friend's brains out? Or, or, you know, what's the reason that you're there? So you, you need to understand that first and foremost. Um, but then, you know, you need to understand... And, and be realistic with yourself is, um, you know, what are the challenges that I'm going to be faced with uh, out in the go- golf course? How am I going to handle those challenges? And what am I willing to do to overcome some of the obstacles? The, the other thing, too, you know, Cindy, that I think a lot of people misunderstand is we're not, we're not just te- teaching you how to hit the ball. We're teaching you how to play the game. And that's really the key emphasis here is p- folks need to understand to learn to become a better player. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, through history of the city, there's a lot of great ball strikers out there um, who, incidentally, weren't great players. Uh, and that's because they didn't really learn how to play the game. They just were too focused on how to hit the ball, um, you know, perfect every time, uh, which is nice. But if you don't understand how to play the game once you get out in the golf course, um, you're going to be looking good on the golf, uh, on the range, but maybe not so good on the golf course. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm married to someone who's, a, you know, was second purest ball striker Dave Powell's ever tested, and we're not millionaires. So sometimes you can right. be so left brain. <laughs> and I'm not, I mean, my husband survived for 15 years on the PGA Tour without ever losing his card. So it's not that he was bad. He was good. <clears throat> but, right. what, you know, you have to stop and say, what's missing? What's missing? And, you know, if you're willing to reflect on that, you can always find an answer and you can always improve, but you need to be aware that, yes, left playing golf left brain doesn't work. You've got to be able to be right, right brain. You've got to be resilient. You've got to have bounce back. You've got to be able to plan shots, uh, you know, and that's exactly what we do in the boot camp. You have to learn how to take the skill that you've learned, you know, so Again, we've talked about this before, too. Playing lessons are great if you can hit the ball, you know, because yes. if you can't hit the ball, when we say, okay, aim it over here and it goes over there, well, then this is a waste of time and money and effort because you haven't put in the work 
to be able to hit the ball. So you're absolutely right. Hitting the ball and learning to play are two different things. Yeah, exactly. And you have to learn how to to marry the the two. I mean, obviously you need to become a good ball striker first. You don't have to be the best, but you need to be reasonable. There there is certain uh, a certain expectation. Uh, as you said, that you need to be able to hit the ball relatively straight. I mean, you know, if you've got a little bit of a curve in it, that's okay. You can still work with that. Um, but if you're all over the golf course, you know, if you're left, right, left, right, left, right all the time, um, you know, you're just not going to enjoy and, and um, you know, have fun playing this this great game. So you need to certainly develop those skills first, um, but then you need to know how to put them to work out in the golf course uh, to benefit you. And I think, you know, I think, unfortunately, the latter is what a lot of people don't work on, um, but the um, the first part of it is, is what they spend the most. You know, when I see out in the golf, uh, on the practice tee, I don't see, you know, people creating uh, simulations for when they get out in the golf course. As an example, you know, pretending that that green out there is their approach shot. You know, they're just sort of hitting balls, raking, as we've said many times, raking and hitting golf balls without really putting any thought into it. And then they get out in the golf course, the first tee, and they're all over the place. And they just can't figure out why. Well, I was hitting them so good on the range. But that's because there was, not one, there was no pressure, uh, but also um, they weren't really putting any thought into their practice time uh, in preparation for the round they're about to play. And that's something that you see, I'm sure, uh, a lot uh, with, with students that you've worked with. Um, and that's sometimes a difficult beast to break the habit of, and that's one of the other reasons why I think your your boot camps are successful as well, is you make sure that people practice with a purpose. Yeah, and again, right. it might be just choosing the right club. I mean, do you know how to pick a club? Do you know how to figure out the wind? I mean, there's the art, there's the science of, you know, how far does the ball go? And then there's the art of, well, it's cold out today and it's wet. The air is heavy. And so mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, if you say, well, I hit my 7-iron 150. Well, it's 150 to the, to the hole. Well, it's 150 to the hole and it's uphill against the wind and it's 50 degrees. So now your 150 is playing 170. So it could be simple as that of making better decisions. So it's so important. It's not, you know, again, and that's why there's certain programs, I guess you could say, you know, when somebody comes in and that's why I had to interview the gentleman that called me yesterday who was from Cleveland, who's 80 years old, you know, how often do you play two or three times a week? How far do you hit it? What do you shoot? How many putts do you have per round? And, and some people don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah. We need numbers. It's kind of like, you know, diagnostic testing. you got to go get an X-ray to see if the bone's broken. And right. so right. you exactly. have to have numbers to measure to figure out what to work on. And if, and if the teacher yeah. that you're interviewing doesn't ask you those questions, you need to run. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You know, um, it, it's – it's like going to, to your doctor. You're exactly right. You know, if you go to your doctor and he's not asking you questions, he's just writing out a prescription or he's, uh, you know, uh, making an appointment for surgery without really diagnosing what the problem is and learning and listening to you, um, then that's not uh, a visit that you want to make. And it's the same thing with, with your golf pro. Um, you know, you want to make sure that the golf pro is asking you the right questions 
And you might say, well, I don't know what questions should be asked. Well, if they're not asking you any questions and they're just signing you up for lessons, you're right, Cindy. I mean, you need to run. And and I know most of the people out there, I think, uh, in this profession are, are very good about uh, doing the right thing, but there are some. And, and this is where sometimes people run into the trap. They see a lot of stuff on the Internet. You know, they're seeing a lot of videos uh, from somebody that just has an opinion, and you've got to be careful of that as well. It's not to say necessarily that the information is always wrong, uh, but you need to understand where it's coming from. So, um, Cindy, I'm not sure. Um, it sounds like maybe Tom might have run into a little bit of a snag this morning. We'll we'll keep going here for, for a little bit longer, uh, see if he joins us. But if not, uh, maybe we can get him to come on a, another day when uh, when uh, things are a little bit uh, relaxed for him. But, um, but let me just remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday mornings uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, again, just to let you know where to find us. Obviously, if you're listening, you know where to find us, but uh, maybe you can share this information with uh, some of your fellow golfers. Uh, but just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just type women of golf up in the search key, and that will take you to the main page. And, of course, Tuesdays uh, during the live broadcast will be front and center. Uh, but for some reason, if you can't listen live and you need to visit that link a little bit later on when it's convenient for you, not to worry. Just scroll down to the on-demand section, and you will find the shows there that you've missed uh, or even today's show in a little bit uh, it'll be there in its entirety so you can listen to the recorded version Uh, you can also check us out on stitcher and itunes.com under the podcast section just type in again women of golf and that will take there there as well and we update uh, every week on social media facebook linkedin and twitter we let you know uh where we are and and uh, who's coming up on the show so make sure you check us out on on social media and then for some reason if you want to reach out to either Cindy and I maybe you've got an interesting topic that we haven't covered or maybe you'd like us to get more in depth uh, or maybe you know of a great professional in your area that we haven't had the uh, the pleasure of uh, interviewing uh, by all means please reach out to us or if you need help with your game and maybe you'd like to uh, to discuss that with us you can reach out to either Cindy and I and her email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com and mine is at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com um, Cindy, I know that uh, you've got uh, a little bit more time here in Buffalo. Are you planning any trips here in the next little bit? Uh... Ted, I am. I get to go to the University of Miami, our 40-year reunion for winning the the NCAA championships. We won two NCAA championships in a row. And wow. so uh, the wow. game, the first week of November, I think it's the 4th, mm-hmm. the 4th of November, it's homecoming weekend, and they're going to honor the golf team on the field at halftime. So I get to go to the University of Miami and see all my old buddies. Very good. Very good. And that'll be in the first part of November. So that'll be very exciting for you, sort of old home week, if you will, uh, give you an opportunity. And just... Um, Remind everybody um, as well, Cindy, you've got some boot camps coming up in the new year. And uh, maybe one more time, if you want to plug the Learn to Hit It kit, uh, we'll do that as well. So the boot camps, if you're interested in going to Orlando in February, March, or April and working on your game and changing your game forever, I guarantee it, go to cindymillergolf.com, click on Instruction, and click on Boot Camps. And then if you aren't able to go to boot camp and you need to practice at home and learn how to hit a clean, airborne, and straight on purpose, go to learntohititkit.com, and you can purchase your kit, which includes a portable mat, 
foam practice balls, a coupon for 10% off any Callaway Golf Club, my Golf 101 book, and a 10-module online course with eight downloadable PDF worksheets, all for $99. So it's a great deal to learn how to hit it better this winter. Perfect. Well said. And just a, a, a quick reminder as well, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, December the 12th, Tuesday, December the 12th, will be our last show for 2017. Uh, and then we'll be starting up again February 6th uh, with a brand new season, 20, uh, 2018. That'll be February 6th, so you want to make sure you take uh, a tune for that. And in between, uh, on our last show on uh, December 12th, we're going to give you some, some specific tips on what you can be doing uh, or what you can be working on until you join us back again in February. So we're going to give you some tips about that, and Cindy and I will talk about that uh, uh, before that show, but um, we want to make sure that you tune in. Well, Cindy, unfortunately it looks like Tom uh, is not able to join us this morning. We've just got a, a few minutes left here, so um, I just want to take this opportunity, Cindy, to always thank you for all of the great work that you do both on and off the golf course and uh, for some of the many great guests that we've had the opportunity to have on this show, uh, I really enjoy speaking with them and, uh, and, and learning from them, as I know you do. And, of course, many of them uh, are, uh, are folks that you've actually, in some cases, personally worked with or maybe played with, uh, whether it be on the Legends Tour or maybe uh, even on the regular LPGA Tour. Uh, so it's great to, to talk to them. We're going to have some great guests coming up in the new year. Uh, uh, one of the great guests coming up here in just a few weeks is going to be Catherine Roberts, who I've had the pleasure of speaking with numerous times uh, on my other program, Golf Talk Live Thursday nights. She's a great uh, uh, professional in the sport, uh, very well known, been on the Golf Channel many, many times. Cindy, I know that you know her. Uh, we're super excited to have her. And then uh, right after her, we're going to be having back uh, a, one of our earlier guests, uh, Jane Blaylock is going to be coming back on as well, and she's always got lots of great uh, stories and information to share uh, with the listeners. So we want to make sure that you tune in. But um, we're going to close off a little bit earlier today uh, in, in lieu of uh, um, uh, Tom not being able to make it here, but uh, we'll try and get him and reschedule him for another date perhaps uh, when it's a little, uh, his schedule is a little bit more open. But uh, on behalf of Cindy Miller uh, and I, we want to take this opportunity to thank all of the listeners worldwide for faithfully tuning in each and every week uh, to the Women of Golf Show, and it's really uh, through your uh, continued listenership and participation that we uh, enjoy doing this broadcast and we thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts and of course to all of the great guests it's really through their participation and their input into the program that make it a first class show so thank you everybody uh, for joining in on the program and thank you for particularly for tuning into the program so Cindy you have a great day out there go knock them stiff as they say and and uh, help some of those students out there become a better golfer. And we'll see you next week on the Women of Golf Show. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.